perpetually standing in the breach and always ready to stay in the fight. Coming to you from an undisclosed broadcast location. Presented by AR5. On the other side of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules case. They don't like it, they don't love it. They say we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas halls, we roll on. Hey, thanks for tuning in and telling friends that you hang out right here on the other side of Texas. I'm your host, Jay West Texas Leeson, as we roll along into a new week. So glad that you're here with us as we're rolling uh, from the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's Best Wash five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City. For the best wash around, guaranteed, see your best location at racerwash.com. Lots coming up for you in this episode of the program. Bud Kennedy from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. You've heard about this Muslim vote. Uh, we got to get rid of this guy, this vice chairman of the party, because he's a Muslim. He's right there in Fort Worth, and Bud Kennedy going to talk to us about that and give us some of his themes that he sees playing out in this new legislature, in the 86th legislature. And then we're going to get in about 30 minutes from now with our friend Charles Foster Johnson, Pastors for Texas Children. I also have a really cool contest that we're going to do, and this is going to play out tomorrow so we need to be prepared to entertain ourselves food is all the talk right now at texas tech basketball games now you can get hot dogs for two dollars you can get concessions at very economic prices so what we want to do is we want to give away two lower bowl tickets to the game on wednesday night with your number eight texas tech red raiders And we're going to have a couple of topics about food and take your calls tomorrow in the second half of the program and decide our winner. You can text those in. You can Facebook them. uh, You can also email them. We prefer the calls and going to get into the parameters on that towards the end of the program. But speaking of good food and having a good time. Did you see this out of the Wichita Falls Times Record News? uh, Wichita Falls Police Department says woman riding cart drank wine from Pringles can barred from Walmart. That's right, boys and girls. That's high Walmart living right there. Wichita Falls Police received a rather unique call last Friday morning involving a woman drinking wine in a Walmart parking lot. Employees requested officers to ban the local Walmart store, uh, to ban a woman from the local Walmart store, after she reportedly had been drinking wine from a Pringles can for several hours while riding on an electric cart. Just out there in the parking lot, drinking fine wine, out of a Pringles can. The incident began shortly after 9 a.m. on Friday 
when officers responded to a call to check on a suspicious woman in the parking lot of Walmart there on Central East Freeway in Wichita Falls. Officer Jeff Hughes, a Wichita Falls Police Department spokesman, said police were told by dispatchers that they were looking for a woman wearing a blue jacket and black pants. The woman was reportedly riding on an electric shopping cart more commonly used for people with physical limitations. Officers were also told she was drinking wine from a Pringles can. How long does a Pringles can hold out, by the way? It's not made for liquid. I guess it's made for liquid, but it's not made for liquid. Held out. Hughes said the reporting party said the suspect had been riding around in the store's parking lot since 6.30 a.m. while drinking the alcoholic beverage. When officers arrived, the woman they found the woman in a nearby restaurant, at which point she notified that she had been barred from the Walmart location. Hey, I don't know if that's wrong living, high living, whatever living, but uh, wine out of a Pringles can at early in the morning on Friday. Woo! You know what kind of shoes you're wearing? Issues. That's what you've got. Uh, Hey, uh, hold on with us. We're going to get Bud Kennedy on the line, take our first break here in the program, and get back with you. A great episode of Other Side of Texas coming at you. Again, going to go through the contest at the end of the program about um, half an hour, 40 minutes from now. Let you know how you can get two lower bowl tickets to watch the number 8 Texas Tech Red Raiders men's basketball team. Uh, Stick right with us here on the other side. We'll be right back with Bud Kennedy, Fort Worth Star-Telegram. This is what I saw. I saw miles and miles of Texas. All the stars up in the sky. I saw miles and miles of Texas. waiting for bud kennedy to get on the line if you would like to be a part of the program you may do so you can text in at 806-745-5800 see if we have any takers on that right now that's 806-745-5800 as we await our friend bud kennedy fort worth star telegram to jump on the program with us Trish saying from a Pringles can, really? Yeah, um, really. That's that's the way the story played out there in Wichita Falls. Um, you know, something that's kind of grinding my gears right now is Empower Texans is a political action committee. And I don't know, I've not been given definitive word whether or not they have been given access to the state senate. Um, to participate, to be given media credentials there in the state Senate. The Dallas Morning News writing a piece today, and I can't tell if it's premature or not, um, but the Dallas Morning News writing a piece today saying that 
that it makes no sense that a political action committee gets media credentials. Because that's just kind of the bag, right? Like you're one or you're the other. Either you're a PAC or you're a media group and empowered Texans playing to the way that they do. And this has always been my problem with empowered Texans. From the first time I got wind of them, like in late 2011, some of you were well, you were at the party well before I was. Um, they will tempt social concerns and exploit economic interests. And how does that play out? It plays out like we have a conversation right now about what we're going to do about property taxes. And if we're going to put a cap on property tax evaluations at 2.5% before we have an election to up the fee. Now, we hear a lot of talk in Texas about California, but that's essentially a referendum. Do you really want a state that's run by referendum where you've got all these hodgepodge laws that are put together and very California-esque. And on one side, it makes sense. Let the people vote. Let the people vote. But on the other side, it's a representative democracy, a representative republic, as it were, and there are people in place to take the vote. And, you know, I, I don't understand why the people that would overrun those elections are being given media credit because this is how it's going to play out in a hall county a stonewall county a taylor county a lubbock county well let's let the people vote well that assumes that it's the people who are voting and not south not outside interests that are getting involved in it um and what you're going to see is if Abbott's tax law passes, his property tax cap law passes, you're going to see outside interest groups get involved. And it's it's problematic. There's no doubt about it. It's problematic. And uh, more on that, and, you know, look, Trish texting back in, what do you mean? What I mean is what's said is let the people have a vote. But when you've got outside PAC money rolling into a county to oppose an election with quote-unquote media being media, then you're able to change that election. And that's problematic for a whole lot of reasons. And I don't want to see that happen. Do you? Do you want to see an outside interest group roll in and say that they are media, that they are up and down the line, objective, fair, whatever the case might be? I don't want to see that. And I think that that's problematic on a whole lot of levels. Um, We're going to take a quick timeout, get Bud Kennedy on the line. Stick right with us on your other side. Good stuff ahead. Bud Kennedy and Charles Foster Johnson pastors for texas children stick right where you are right here on the other side for better weather you were saying with a grin to the sound of hailstones hidden tin it's loud enough you gotta yell now the whole thing hits me like a song a pretty woman won't last 
I don't know what's going to happen with Bud Kennedy. Sorry for that technical difficulty. Uh, Bud has not made his way onto the program. Going to wait and see what happens there. Also got Charles Foster Johnson um, from Passers for Texas Children doing really important work. Really amazed to see the rise of that group in Texas politics and to see them rise to where they've come um texas for pastors children uh, pastors for texas children i'm sorry uh, not texans for pastors kids this isn't footloose it's um a group that does some really great work and has made their case before the legislature become a statewide entity and really really incredible to see what they've done there so i was down in austin last week i had a couple of takeaways i wanted to share with you um went down to austin on wednesday and stayed through friday uh, right as i was leaving the sheridan on friday the texas tech red raider men's basketball team arrived for their the last time that we won in austin dvds were just becoming a thing and uh, a couple of other things uh, ken star was not a household name at that point and neither was monica lewinsky um lots of uh lots of history had yet to come to pass because uh, texas tech had struggled like it has in austin but a couple of takeaways that i had number one is that I'm told, now I've not seen it with my own eyes, but I'm told that in the Senate and the House's base budgets, the vet school is there. The Texas Tech proposed vet school is in both of those budgets. And isn't that crazy to see? that? And I, it would make sense because of the writer that was on there last legislature that it would be in the base budget um but a clear indication that perhaps speaker bonin's on board with the vet school the new speaker of the texas house dennis bonin out of angleton uh that those things are in place right now and um if that is the case then it's going to be hard not to fund the vet school now the credential side you've got to get national credentials and you've got to get statewide credentials and that's yet to be seen um austin's still weird there are scooters everywhere and i was actually i took a ride home we went to the driscoll if you've read lbj before and you know about the driscoll hotel i took a ho i took a an uber home to the hotel from a guy and he said i said yeah i'm jay leeson i live in lubbock he said oh you're the radio guy and i said i yeah i I do some radio and he said that he was Stubbs's grandson and that he was a brand ambassador he had stake in the sauce side of the company how crazy is that that I get to meet Stubbs's grandson on the ride back to the hotel. That made my trip right there. I mean, forget what he knows about me. Um, Stubbs 
Stubbs has a legacy that's unlike any other. But for this guy to uh, be in a place to... Um, to and he's busting his rear on side jobs, just like his grandfather would, going out making some extra cash money. And I was really intrigued by Stubbs' grandson. Let me Let me pull out my wallet and see what his name was just in case i have any haters or doubters um pulling out a bunch of cards i got while i was in austin um not that guy not that guy not her yes his name was reggie stubblefield as in stubbs reggie stubblefield give me a ride home in the uber really really appreciated that when that something spectacular um but that's some of the nuts and bolts of what i gathered in austin it's a new regime so we'll see what happens in the house and what happens in the senate so far as text ledge observers are concerned a lot to come out to bear in the next couple of weeks um you know, Joe Strauss didn't put people who were elected after 2012. So uh, Obama, maybe folks who were reactionaries to Obama, they didn't get chairman positions. I think that you're going to see that change. And um, you're going to see a lot of guys who didn't get a lot of clout with Strauss get into committee chairmanships. How that runs the House, uh, we have yet to see. But Dan Patrick clearly from the get-go all the hullabaloo last week was where's patrick where's patrick on the first day of session patrick not there he's meeting with uh donald trump in or the trump administration in dc now here's the thing lots of people think that dan patrick's gonna take he's gonna be selected to run either homeland security or some other office guys i just want to say to you go google david dewhurst versus dan patrick and you're gonna see and even within that patterson was involved uh you're gonna see a lot of stuff that would make for popcorn whenever it comes to a confirmation process and how that comes to bear i don't know I, I don't think it bodes well for Dan Patrick. If I were him, I would be content to be the lieutenant governor of Texas. But he could always take that seat. But let's say that Patrick takes off and that Patrick becomes lieutenant, becomes a, he gets named to some position in D.C. and, and he's confirmed. Who's the presiding officer of the Senate at that point? 31 senators one of them is going to become the presiding officer and i've got two words for you kel seliger kel seliger would carry all the democrats all he would need are five or six republicans to come over and he would be the presiding officer and that's a long ways away from where kel seliger was some months ago whenever he was uh just simply hanging on wanting to win this primary against two other folks 
uh, and he barely carried that primary by a point. Um, Kel Seliger did, but it's a, a new day in Texas to quote Dan Patrick's mantra from four years ago, a new day in Texas. Uh, new day with our friend Charles Foster Johnson, where all of a sudden education is what matters. Going to get in with Charles Johnson here after this break. Stick right where you are. Plenty more coming on this edition of Other Side of Texas. So here's what we're going to do tomorrow, right here on the program. This is going to be uh, highly entertaining. You can text in, you can email in to j at othersideoftexas.com. But what we want to get from you, are all the rave right now at Texas Tech is the food. And everybody has a good food story. So here's what we want. <clears throat> Your best story about three of the following things. And these are for lower bowl tickets. We aren't just nickel and diming you here. You aren't going to sit up in the nosebleeds. They're going to be good seats. Weird food you ate at somebody else's house. A story about that. If you could only eat five things for the rest of your life, what would those things be? And then a third food category, your dog licked it and you still ate it. Weird food that you ate at somebody else's house. If you could only eat five things for the rest of your life and your dog licked it and you still ate it. Those are going to be stories that we hear in the second half of the broadcast tomorrow. You can call in 806-745-5800 or text the same line, 806-745-5800. Email in, though we would prefer to hear by from you by phone. You can email in 806, or, sorry, j at othersideoftexas.com. We are awaiting our friend Charles Foster Johnson to uh, talk to us about public education here on the other side of Texas and uh, hear from him. Again, I said in the beginning of the program, what a great job that organization has done. It's uh, They really are to be commended on getting the attention and helping drive the lieutenant governor's race the way that they did and other races as well. I know that that's a name and a group with whom uh, Greg Abbott is certainly well familiar. And uh, Passers for Texas Children, all about fair, free, and equitable education in Texas and Charles Foster Johnson, who used to be at a church in Lubbock, has given that thing a voice, and people are beginning to listen and look forward to having him here momentarily on the show. Got to have, I had, I saw a, a, a message on social media, a post, 
that hanging out with your children is really food for the soul and i've decided to turn my phone off on sundays and to really be intentional with the kids on saturday and sunday despite whatever else is going on because all these inches keep gathering between their ankles and their knees and their knees to their thighs and um I had a really great time with the kiddos yesterday and i'm just telling you that because i've you know you've heard the old line there's no time that you missed away from home that anybody no time that you missed at home i should say that anybody ever really regretted and and that's the truth that the lease in ponderosa played some charades and uh, got to play on the floor and in the backyard and a great time with the kiddos after being gone in austin uh figuring out what's going on in this next legislative session on wednesday thursday and uh friday of last week and um at the end of the day you know you can have the have an uber where the guys are like you're the radio guy in lubbock um if that's what's on your tombstone then okay i think that you've lived a short life that desired and needed some more meaningfulness um for me the issue is what did you do with those kiddos in the meantime um and what did you do with your wife in the meantime your spouse and uh really good stuff um okay he is the head of texas for pastors for texas children he is charles foster johnson brother johnson how are you jay good day my friend how are things out in lubbock uh good got a little chilly today but it's supposed to warm up the rest of the week and uh i'm kind of rolling my fingers over the nose acting like i don't have nasal decongestion buddy uh Uh oh how are you doing along with everybody else on the planet we're good in fort worth Jan and I love Lubbock, one of our favorite places. I mean, rates high, and the stock's going up. All you our mean friends what? There and the stock's going up. Rates high. What's rates high? Rates high. It rates high. Ranks high. Oh, ranks high. Okay, I, I got you there. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you got going. I mean. Here, a couple of years ago, you came on the show, you just started this uh, upstart organization, and now it's getting heard by a lot of people. Tell us about what's going on with Pastors for Texas Children. Jay, pastors and clergy, we're waking up to the uh, truth that education is a gift from God, that learning about God's planet is the will of God. I mean, it just we're going back to the root of things, just like Scripture calls us to and realizing that uh, the public, that public education is the way that quality education is provided to all children. Now, we love private schools. We love church schools. And one of uh, the big parts of our mission is to keep the government out of our church schools by blocking private school vouchers. Uh, My friend, God's been good to us. Uh, God has blessed us. We're five and a half years old now. We've connected about a thousand churches in our network, and we're identifying other churches every day that go help their neighborhood school. And then those church leaders standing up for good school policy. To us, it's quite simple. Let's give our schools the money that they need. The good people of Lubbock and Fort Worth and Texas support public 
education. They, they know it's an investment in the future. They know that they were given the ability to be fruitful, multiply, replenish in the, and, uh, the earth and subdue it because of their neighborhood public school, and they're perfectly willing to give their children and grandchildren and neighborhood children the same opportunity. So we want our schools funded. We want to keep the government out of our church schools through uh, by blocking private school vouchers, and thank God the governor and lieutenant governor aren't bringing up that bad idea. And, and they aren't. And I was down in Austin last week, and Texas Public Policy Foundation, which is the think tank through which a lot of these groups operate, um, I was told that in two days of seminars, vouchers didn't come up once. Isn't that something? Yeah. I mean, we've debated that over and over and over, and the good people of Texas have renounced it and repudiated it time and time again. I pulled out an editorial I wrote for the Lovell Avalanche Journal in 1997, and, uh, you know, it's just as relevant uh, 20, over 20 years later. Now, thankfully, that was last session, 2017 session, but uh, now, thank God, uh, we're on to more productive and creative discussions, which are how do we get our schools the money that they need now we believe that it's six billion dollars minimum um five billion seems to be the figure that uh, the legislators are are uh, discussing uh and we look the scripture says to those to whom much is given much is required and texas has been given much we are blessed we have a booming economy we have a growing uh, business sector, uh, oil and agriculture and cattle and cotton and the great entrepreneurial spirit of Texans. And that's the reason that the Texas folks are willing to invest in their future. So let's give our schools what they need, particularly, and this gets me to the third issue, let's put our youngest and most vulnerable kiddos at age four in a quality full-day, high-quality pre-K program. And uh, Governor... Uh, you supported that policy a couple of sessions ago, and we're going to hold you accountable to that, Governor Abbott. Where are you? Where is your leadership on pre-kindergarten instruction? And so we're going to bang that drum. And, man, that's it. We go help schools and as preachers, and we stand up for good school policy. Yeah, Charles Foster Johnson, Pastors for Texas Children, here riding along with us on your way home. Um Tell me, Reverend Johnson, where is Abbott on this $5 billion? Where does that $5 billion come from? Well, Comptroller Hager just uh, informed us that we're in pretty good shape, that we have several billion dollars more uh, for state services than we thought we were going to have. How much is the figure, Jay? About $8 billion more, I think, maybe $9 billion more. So uh, we've got... Uh, a blessing of financial stability uh, there. Man, something that I but they would have to break ago. the cap right at that point, where it's not just for this biennium, but for bienniums going forward. So that leads have... me to say it's true. It's true, and it's an honest uh, and um, candid appraisal. So we do need new sources of revenue. I just learned that the alcohol tax hadn't been raised in Texas in decades. Well, look, uh, we're all for a sin tax. Uh, we're ministers, and we're all for uh, folks paying a little more for a bottle of liquor. 
particularly if the money's going to go to educate our kids, paying a little more for a pack of cigarettes, particularly if the money's going to go to educate our kids. I think if the good people of Texas are willing to pay a few pennies more in a, in a sales and service tax, we're not particularly crazy about the regressive nature of sales taxes. Uh, you know, I think the business community, we're seeing chambers of commerce and the Lubbock chambers leading the way, believes in public education. Businesses are willing to kick in their fair share through a, an equitable, fair tax structure to make sure our children get a quality education. So that's where the new revenue is going to come from. But again, and you're hitting the nail on the head, Governor Abbott has got to show leadership instead of playing this small ball that he always plays. It's very interesting, the hymnal he's singing out of increasingly it's becoming a solo voice and uh, not the kind of voice that the congregation wants to hear. Uh, I think Governor Abbott missed the message of the midterms. The message of the midterms is the people of Texas believe in public education and are willing to fund it. And it seems to me that the church leaders, business leaders, community leaders have got to remind the governor that we need him to lead. It's a constitutional duty to make suitable provision for public free schools. Now, some of my friends tell me, Charlie, good grief, get, quit confronting Governor Abbott because he doesn't have the power that you think he has. Well, here's my response. We're preachers. We have a pulpit. The governor is the leader of our state. He has a pulpit. And what he sounds from that pulpit makes a difference. So that's where we're coming from. We're building relationships with our 181 legislators. We played a role in a good public education vote in the November 6th elections. We're moving in the right direction. And uh, Texans are embracing their neighborhood and community public schools all over again. Yeah, so Charles Johnson, tell me where you think that the tax should be raised for $6 billion, or you think that you should just leave the money set aside by Hager and then into perpetuity raise taxes, send taxes? No, 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 no. I think we need, and I'm quickly getting into the weeds here. There are experts who are a whole lot more knowledgeable than me. I just heard a great presentation from the Center for Public Policy Priorities. There are ways we can generate new revenues in order to increase the the allotments and the weights, uh, structural formula funding for our schools. And that's what we've got to do. We cannot keep kicking this can down the road. And we can do that without limiting the proper governmental authority of local communities. The people of Lubbock should be able to decide and have the freedom to decide how much to tax their citizenry for the uh, support of their schools. Mm -hmm. And it's not proper for big government in Austin to come marching out to Lubbock or marching up to Fort Worth to tell us what to do with the schools, by the way, Jay, that we own. This morning I spent all morning at Westcliff Elementary. I'm looking at Westcliff Elementary out of my living room window right now. It's a block away. Eighty percent of those kiddos are on free and reduced lunch. I'd send my kids there any day of the week. The principal there is Sarah Gillespie. She runs that school like a tight ship. 
you could have heard a pin drop walking down those halls. We went into a dozen classrooms, and those kids are alert and bright, receptive, that teachers are dedicated. And this, you know, she introduced me to the teachers, and this teacher went to Cornell, and this teacher went to TCU, and this teacher went to Texas Tech, and this teacher went to Harvard. Goodness gracious alive. And that is every school we go into. And so it's a, is a, this disconnect. Now, we're reconnecting it, but there's this disconnect between the affirmation and favor we have toward our schools and our neighborhoods and what the legislature decides in Austin. Hmm. And we need to close that gap so that there's no longer any dissension about public education policy. We're all singing out of the same hymnal. Uh, you expect the governor to talk about this tomorrow in his inauguration? <laughs> I think for the governor, tax is an evil word. And I think that he's got it in his bloodstream that he cannot ever mention the word. I don't know what his, you know, I'm certainly in no place to um, try to second guess his motives. Uh I think Texans are willing to pay for what produces a profitable future. Texans have always been visionary. They've always been forward-thinking, forward-looking. They've always been on the the pioneer front for productivity and creativity and ingenuity and innovation. And it takes money. It takes money in the Leeson family and the Johnson family and the Texas family. And Texans are willing to provide that money in a fair and equitable way. We've got a growing population. We've got a tax base that's expanding. We've got we've got new construction, and you know, property taxes need to be reined in. And those revenues have got to come from other sources. Now, you know, the commission didn't touch it, did they? And Chairman Brister said, well, you know, it's not our responsibility to talk about money, and they didn't want to say that the schools were not being properly funded because the Supreme Court, you know, just re- just a couple of years ago determined that they were. And so it's, uh, it's just a, 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 an untenable situation, and the governor needs to show leadership about it. Hmm. Uh no, I don't think he's going to mention it. I don't think he's going to mention it tomorrow. But you don't think I it's think going to come that, up? You know, we're early. I don't. We're early in the game. It's the first week of the legislature. Have you heard inklings that it could come up from other directions, though? I really hadn't, but I wouldn't. It's really not, you know, it's not sort of the, the path I travel. Uh, we're involved in schools, and, you know, but we have some part. What about all these loopholes, though? I mean, businesses getting, you know, a whole lot of money in loopholes. If you close some loopholes, you wouldn't be creating new taxes. You would be able to, you'd be able to stay on money that's there. Well, it's a good point, and others are saying the same thing. I haven't studied it like I need to. Uh, I know that uh, Mike Collier, back during the uh, lieutenant governor's race in the fall, that made the same case, Jay. He said, look, we can we can generate, if we just close the loopholes, we can generate enough revenue to run our schools properly and constitutionally. We don't have to levy new taxes. And, 
you know, I, there are people that are looking at the details and crunching the numbers and getting down on a granular level. I, I, this is why I had hoped that the that the commission would have explored, you know, some ways that we might generate funding for our schools because nobody wants to touch that. No legislator wants to touch it, no House member, no Senate member, no lieutenant governor, no governor. It's not the kind of thing that, you know, we want to talk about. And what's interesting is when you go talk to business people, and I had a meeting this afternoon with a business leader over in Dallas, you go talk to business leaders and they say, you know, we're perfectly willing to invest in our future. We do that all the time. And we look at projections and we're willing to cough it up because we need a quality workforce. And that comes through public schools. And we've got this burgeoning Latino population, and these are this this is a gifted, resourceful community, and we've got to equip them properly to be our leaders for tomorrow. I mean, business leaders know this. It's very interesting to me that the political leaders, I think, and this is a generalization, but I think the political leaders are a step behind the business community right now. Frankly, I do. Now we don't. You know, I think of the old preacher that said, look, it's our job to announce God's justice to roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. It's your job, Mr. Politician, to figure out the irrigation system. Hmm. Well, you know, we're trying to announce justice and righteousness, and we expect our political leaders and our elected leaders to work out the irrigation system. And I think we can do a lot better, and I think if we don't, if we don't, you're going to see another correction in 2020 hmm. on both sides of the aisle. It's not this a not this a bipartisan support for public schools. You're going to see it on both sides of the aisle. You're going to see pro public education new Republicans elected, and you're going to see pro public education new Democrats elected. And so it's not a you know it's not a one sided thing. So yes, I think we can, and I think the legislature is going to have to. I know they don't want to. And they're trying, you know, I mean, look, I, they're hardworking, well-meaning people. It's an impossible job. They've got people like us pulling on them all the time. Jay, you've been a terrific spokesperson for the interests of West Texas. Boy, you talk about somebody who's made an impact, my friend. You have made an impact, and you and a, one or two others have really moved the needle in getting the attention of on Lubbock and uh, Amarillo and Midland and Odessa and San Angelo and the rural interests, and that's a big thing in the legislature. In fact, I think the case could be made that the reason we don't have private school vouchers in Texas is because of West Texas and West Texas leaders like you. Uh, Tell them, I appreciate those words, tell folks how they can get a hold of Pastors for Texas Children follow you along. PastorsForTexasChildren.com. PastorsForTexasChildren.com. You'll see our legislative priorities. You'll see some other important announcements there. By the way, one of those announcements is we've just launched Pastors for Tennessee Children. So we have Oklahoma, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Mississippi, and going to be expanding further in 2019. So that's PastorsForTexasChildren.com. And uh and on Twitter at Pastors Number Four TX Kids, Pastors Number Four, the number Four TX Kids on Twitter, and 
and then Facebook, Pastors for Texas Children. Go to our Facebook page, like us. You can see our updates and our announcements there. There he is, Charles Foster Johnson. Thank you for making time, buddy. My friend, you're always gracious to have me, and any time. God bless y'all. All right. God bless you. And that is Reverend Charles Foster Johnson. Tomorrow we're going to kick off. We're going to have a great time on the show. Get your stories from uh, food that your dog licked, but you ate it anyway. And this is all to win two tickets. Uh, weird food you ate at someone else's house. If you could only eat five things for the rest of your life. I think one of my five things would be gummy bears. If I'm being perfectly honest. It'd be gummy bears and um i'd have to put together the maybe maybe ribeye somewhere in there i'd have to put together that list uh but i uh, want you to go home for our friend couldn't get bud kennedy gonna see what's going on try to get him tomorrow for our friend charles foster johnson i'm gonna get home gotta get home great family above average dinner waiting for me and i hope that um, you have about the same until next time. Rave on, buddies. Rave on. We'll see you next edition of Other Side of Texas.